Coming up on today's episode, we wrap up our Dream Jets offseason with a look at Tyson's squad. Plenty of fireworks on tap. Buckle in. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's kick off June in style. I got to be honest, maybe it speaks to my social life right now, but I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> and I know I've, I've, a bunch of people I've talked to are in the same boat, so I don't want to waste too much time. And uh, why don't we get right into this? But CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. Tyson? How we doing? I saw a notebook, which means you've already set the record for most prep work done on a Skates and Plates episode <laughs> in podcast history. Yeah, you know what? I had a lot of fun cooking this masterpiece up. I, I'm, it's it's a little out there. We're we're going a little out there, but to be honest, I don't know like how un like it's it's unrealistic, but it's kind of not at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I, like that that makes no sense but that's exactly what i wanted to hear <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect um so you know I, I, I yeah i mean you're doing good though everything's cool oh yeah love it well love it. NBA, finals. nba finals tonight big one uh quick prediction nuggets and five yeah i feel like it's a little too it's a little. I, I'll, I'll give Spo a little bit of respect and give the Heat a game, but I think Nuggets in five is is as I, I, I'm. A, yeah, I just Denver's just too good. It's not a slight on Miami or anything like that. Um, so I mean that's coming on tonight, but then obviously the the big fireworks is Tyson's Dream Jets offseason and what he's got on tap here. And because you put so much work in, I will excuse your cardinal sin of not preparing any trivia questions for us <laughs> to start off this episode. But I'll give you a break because you you actually put in work. So I mean that's I'll 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 forgive you just this one time. I should mention quickly here. Let me pull it up. Um, Ryan at DJ Biff Winnipeg. Um, Ryan knows his Jets. Apparently, I was um, incorrect on Tuesday's trivia episode. Um, the Jets' first UFA signing was actually Winnipeg's own Jason Gregoire. Wow. <laughs> I and I. See, yeah, that's a great pull. And I mean, Ryan knows his Jets and his hockey, so I'm gonna assume that he's right there. But um, I, I forgot that, and I don't know if you knew this, Tyson, but I played with and against Jason Gregoire. I don't know, ten years, pretty much. Like growing up, summer hockey, winter hockey, all that stuff. Um, the uh, the four Gary team that Gregoire was on was was pretty pretty solid. Um, I think five NHLers, and then the rest were basically dub guys. Um, <laughs> that's not bad. Not, not bad. Not bad when your starting lineup is uh, Colin Wilson at center with Jason Gregoire out on the wing. Um, you got one of the Picard tendies in net, first round pick there, and then a few other uh, high high end traffics littered all over the place. So that was always fun getting our brains beaten by them. Um, but thanks, Ryan, for listening and correcting us on that one. But I will not be corrected on this one because I have just a brief, just kind of a one trivia question, one for you here, Tyson. And although, you know, maybe I will get corrected because I don't know how official Sporkle is, but um, I was doing a Sporkle quiz the other day and this popped up and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So I'm going to assume they're correct. So, I mean, if I'm wrong, then I'll just 
you know, bow my head in shame and we'll we'll cancel trivia altogether mm. here. Um, but here is the the Sporkle quiz that I did. And if you if you've never been on Sporkle, it's like a Jeopardy lover's dream, just quizzes of of all kinds. But it was 50 goals, but less than 100 points in a season. That's not the difficult part. The difficult part is my trivia question to you, Tyson. Three players in NHL history have scored 60 goals in a season and not reached 100 points in that season. Can you name those three players? And no, Alex Ovechkin is not one of them. Uh, my first guess, I'm going to go with Alex McGillney. No, too many goals. Too many goals. Yeah. Oh, this is tough, man. Uh, I'll, here, I'll, I'll give you a hint. We got we got one from the 70s, one from the 80s, and one in the last decade or so. 60 goals? 60 plus goals. Not 100 points, though. Jeez. 70s. Um Is that, are these like all like obscure names? Like are these No. No. Esposito? No, that's a good guess. Uh Phil did do that. He did reach that mark, but um oh no, he didn't actually. He didn't reach that mark. Oh, I'm uh Reggie Leach. Yeah, the Riverton Rifle. Nice pull. Yeah, Reggie got it done in 75-76. 61 goals, 30 assists. I love it. <laughs> that's um, in the 80s. Uh Glenn Anderson. That's a good guess. He was he he did he scored 54 but not 60. Uh-huh. Um I'll, I'll I'll give you the other two here because we should move on. Uh but the most recent one you probably would have guessed if if you had a a pick or two, uh but Stammer. Steven Stamkos uh-huh. did it when he scored 60. Um, but the record holder for most goals scored without reaching 100 points, you kind of look like him a little bit right now, Tyson. But it's the mustache himself, Lanny McDonald. Oh, Lanny. With uh, 66 snipes. Whoa. <laughs> 66. And he only got 98 points on the season. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's the scion. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, not, not quite. I don't know if anybody got sixty wins in a year, but yeah, that's that's a legendary total right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of fun. You could probably you could probably trick a few people with those ones. Burry was close. Pavel got fifty eight and fifty nine in back to back years and didn't crack a uh, hundred points. Um, so Burry was almost there. You're close with the Russian, but it's uh, Lanny, Reggie, and Stammer, the only ones to crack sixty and then not crack a hundred. Um, cool stuff. Awesome. Well, let's move on here to the main event, Tice. Pretty much going to just give you the floor for the next little bit. I'll I'll, I'll pipe in and chime in whenever necessary, but uh, <laughs> I have no idea what's on tap. All I know is that you got two pages of a notebook written out. Um, so let's get right into it. Your Dream Jets offseason. I'm going to assume that we're trending a little bit more towards a rebuild slash youth movement. Is that correct? You would be correct with that assumption. We are going with quite quite a youth movement in this. Let's lineup. go. Definitely the youngest team will we'll be the youngest team in the NHL if it, if this came to fruition. But we're going to start off with forty eight hours after the Stanley Cup final ends. 
and I'm just running right into it. I'm running to the fax machine and I'm buying out number 26 Blake Wheeler and I'm getting that done immediately. So that we we both have that in common, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm that's that's our first order of business because we're starting this is a new Winnipeg Jets and I'm coming in with the mindset that even before the season ends, we already know that there's a couple key pieces that aren't coming back. So after we buy out Wheeler, this is where things start to get really, really interesting. <laughs> we try to sign Connor Hellebuck. Negotiations are going so good. And he decides that he wants out. So we're shipping him off to New Jersey. For Dawson Mercer. Igor Sharangovich. A 2024 first round pick. Seamus Casey. Who a lot of people, I, that might be a name that kind of flies under the radar, but he had a really good, really good season in college this year. And he's one of the underrated prospects in the Devils system. And then I'm taking, I wrote down to Kira Schmid. I think that might be a little, a little iffy. So I tossed <laughs> Blackwood in as a, as a backup there. I, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that yeah that that might, <laughs> that's a that is a haul if the Jets are able to pull that one off. It, well, and Sharon Govich has had a couple tougher seasons, like the past couple seasons. Like he got off to a hot start in his first season, and then you know he's kind of tapered off, like thirty-five points about, and you know he's, he's solid defensively. So we'll get to my lineup later and see where everyone fits in after we make all these moves. But after Connor Hellebuck gets traded. There's a bit of a trickle-down effect from uh, a couple other core members of this team. And next thing you know, Mark Trifley, you don't want to be here? Well, guess what? We're sending you to sunny L.A. And we're sending you off for Alex Turcotte, a 2025 first-round pick, 2024 second-round pick, <laughs> and Sean Walker, right-handed defenseman. Oh. Okay, so he's on the and Walker is rumored to be on the block right now. So you're going LA, but you're not able to pry Quentin Byfield out of LA. No, I, I felt like Quentin Byfield was a little bit too. too I think far, that's maybe. yeah. I, I I like I like the realism in there. It'd be great, and, but and unlikely. You could take it. You could take out a second round pick too if that feels like a little bit too much. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp over that. But I'm taking alex turcott a guy who's drafted pretty high he's kind of he hasn't totally lived up to expectations yet but hopefully with a fresh start and getting to play with some more some more high-end talented line mates i think he can maybe take off here in winnipeg so we've already got two key members of this core traded now we move on to the guy that everyone knows is going to be gone in less than and and at most a year and a half that's pierre luc dubois and i did i kind of took the coward's way out here but I shipped PLD off to Montreal for Kirby Doc in Florida's first round pick this year. So all now, right, yeah. I mean that that these I'm surprised, Jason. These are all legitimately reasonable <laughs> in terms of returns coming back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and so now we've got we've got a lot of youth movement coming in. Of course, like Turcotte, Sharon Govis, Mercer, and. You could, we could talk about the salary cap, too. I didn't totally go in-depth, but Dawson Mercer is going to need a new contract, and he's going to get paid. You, if, if you're trading him from Winnipeg, you're going to want to lock him up to a longer-term deal and try, and try and get him at a more reasonable price for when he takes off in a couple years, and then who knows? You got him at a bargain price after he plays with Kyle Connor for a season. Sharon Govich's contract is coming up, too. He's in need of a pay raise. Like there's a, Kirby Doc's got, I believe, two more years left after this one, so like, He's still making only three and a half for a couple more years, but he'd be in line for a payday. So the salary cap, 
it might seem like we're pushing a lot of space out, but realistically, too, like the Shifley contract and the Hellebuck contract and the PLD contracts are pr- very good value for what they provide on the ice right now. But none of none of those guys are making over seven million, and so like there's really not that much cap go- going out when you're bringing yeah. in these. It's twenty uh, essentially twenty million dollars with those three specifically going out. Right. And then with some of the RFAs that you mentioned that, that you have to sign, it's, it's not a lot. I mean, what, maybe, maybe 10 million gets washed out right then and there. So, I mean, it's a lot of cap space to deal with, but yeah, it, it does go away a little bit quickly there. Right. And so th- th- those are our, like our major, major moves right there. From there we go with Brendan Dillon and we decide to move on from him. Thank you for your service. But we're going young here, and we're shipping them off for a 2023, either a late second, early third, like one of those two. Like that's kind of what I'm, what I was shooting for there. So he's gone, and then we come to Billy Hainala, and I kind of just didn't know what to trade Billy for, to be honest. I, so I'm saying for some sort of reclamation project, a prospect that's still in juniors, maybe that's. High, high second, mid second kind of guy, like just an asset, like a similar asset for Billy Hainala. I'm not exactly sure what that is right now at this moment. So we're kind of in the air on that one. Logan, another D man that wants out, another first round pick, big old Logan Stanley. We're shipping him out for a 2024 third round pick. Okay. Yeah, just, just, just picking up some more assets. Nate Schmidt. <sighs> I didn't know. Either he's gone for another kind of crappy contract or we're just going to keep him as our seventh D-man. That was kind of where I, I don't I don't see an, a team. Really- well, and, and I think the thing is, if you're going youth movement like that, Nate Schmidt's salary doesn't really matter all that much, right? Like, right. And he is a good guy in the locker room, too. Yeah, for, yeah, for- yeah. Hey, he, can, he can still play, just not, not at the, the cap hit that he's got there. So I think that would... You know, limit. I know the Jets would maybe like to open a couple more spots on the back end, but I wouldn't be shocked if Schmidt stayed, especially if it's going to cost you a pick to move him out. Right. And then, so those are all the trades we made. That's it. Those are all the trades that are gone. <laughs> and I didn't want to dive too deep into the free agent pool just because I actually really like the way that this roster was was constructed after the trades are made. But there is a kind of a hole in the back back end. We got either Akira Schmid or Mackenzie Blackwood from Jersey, but I don't think that's really going to do it this year. So what we did was we went asking those vets who wants to come play for Winnipeg. And we reached out to Semyon Varlamov, Freddie Anderson, and Cam Talbot. And whoever wanted to come over can come on over and be the 1A for our team. And that's kind of where I settled in. Yeah, I can go through the lineup. First so like a like a vet- veteran veteran stopgap yeah. goalie and then whichever devil's young goalie they send over. Right. Correct. So I, I actually don't mind that tandem. I think that you can get like I think I honestly think this team could surprise some people. And so I'll I'll break down the lineup here. On the first line, we got Kyle Connor, Kirby Doc, and Dawson Mercer. It's a young that's a young first line. But it's got but it's got some real talented players on it still. And I think Kirby Doc could really take off with a player like Kyle Connor. He was playing obviously playing some some minutes with Cole Caulfield this year and doing fairly well in those minutes too. And I think that with a guy like Kyle Connor too, he can kind of mold into that PLD role a bit. 
and without the without the dumb penalties and sometimes just dumb play in general i actually really like doc's chances kind of blossoming into that top either that top line center or kind of that two two a like a guy that's a really good really good second line center probably could still be a top 30 center in the league and then so we move down to the second line and we got Colper Fetty on the left wing Alex Turcott down the middle and Nikolai Ehlers on the right side to Alex oh, yeah. Turcott came in. he's got he's more he's he had his offensive game hasn't really developed too much but he has been he's been okay in his own end so I thought well, yeah I mean, and you'll find out really quickly if uh, if he's got exactly. any chops if he's playing beside Nikki so that's that's the nice thing there exactly and the way our third line's constructed too I think that that second line is going to be getting a lot more better minutes than the the team's actual second line so I think you can especially at home you can line match and really get the right advantages that you want with this lineup from so moving to the third line, I got Igor Sharangovich on the left wing, Adam Lowry down the middle, and Nino Niederreiter on the right side. And that's your shutdown line. Like That's kind of like your character line. And then from there we go David Gustafson, Mason Appleton, and Morgan Barron as our fourth. And I, 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 like fourth that I like that forward group. I really do going forward. I think that's got the potential. There's, I mean, there's a lot of kind of lottery picks in there too, but that's the beautiful thing about buying all those lottery ticks. If you get one or two to hit, all this you're, you're laughing all the way to the bank. So really, yeah, all your, I mean, not all, well, kind of all. You're, you're banking on Doc and Turcotte to to be major, major hits down the middle. I mean, maybe yes. Mercer could be somebody that that does that as well. I know he's he's kind of played all over the place for for New Jersey these these past couple of years, but. That that's really what it comes. It's either a super underwhelming group or a really exciting young group, and it kind of all depends on on those two guys down the middle. There, Doc at least has a lot more, you know, pedigree and production at the NHL level. Turcotte, there's a lot more projection to go on there, but it's it's I, look, it, it's it's not a Colorado or anything like that. But I don't think it's necessarily as bad as I might have thought, right? But yeah, and, and even Kirby Doc too. Like you look at his game at, at his game as the season was going on, he really started to pick it up before he suffered that injury, and he was really putting the puck in the net, putting a, a lot of points on the board. And you can kind of see that he was actually starting to break out there, and unfortunately, he suffers that injury and misses the rest of the season. So you'd kind of almost be buying a little bit low because I think that you know there's still kind of that question mark with him. Well, and it, I, and I think you know Seattle and Vegas are are great examples of this. Maybe more so Seattle in the sense of you, know, you look at a guy like Jared McCann who put up decent numbers in, in Pittsburgh there, but sometimes you just give guys opportunities, like give guys 20 minutes a night and they'll, they'll surprise you and they'll, they'll give you production. Maybe not a point a game right off the bat, but maybe he gives you 70 points as a young centerman in his twenties, right? Just because you're giving somebody ice time that they never would have gotten a chance to have before. And that, yeah. that's kind of the the neat, alluring part of going rebuild is that sometimes all guys need is a chance. We're seeing a bunch of guys in Seattle get chances and look how successful they were this past playoffs. And, I mean, how can you argue with Vegas? Two cup finals in six years. Basically using everybody's scrap heaps. <laughs> and, and now they're one of the most well-run franchises in all of hockey. Yeah, that, and that's, that's sort of what I was trying to go after, right? Like, I'm trying to... the everyone says that you don't want to be the team that's sort of emulating other teams, but at the same time, you want to run your franchise, like the good franchises run their franchise. So 
I did kind of want to take some there was there's some reclamation projects in there. And the part that I like about my team too is that if our lottery tickets don't hit, we have our own picks that would be in the lottery, and we have picks on top of that to keep on adding to our pool. Picks so, on picks on picks. Oh yeah, picks on picks on picks. Now, added- before we get to your picks, which we should highlight, the the blue line is essentially the same minus Brandon Dillon. Is that correct? Yeah, for the most part. I got Morrissey DeMello top pairing, second pairing Dylan Sandberg and Neil Pionk, and then third pairing, it's a rot- rotating on the left side between Chisholm and, S- and Schmidt, and then Sean Walker as our new addition. Okay, yeah, so th- those are your se- okay, those so those are your 7D and then veteran stopgap and Devils young goalie. R- correct. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one problem with our team. I will, I will admit yeah, that. Yeah, just, a, just a smidgen <laughs> of a downgrade. Um, hello Buck to old journeyman. And I mean, if it's Schmidt, it's maybe not as terrified. If it's Blackwood, a little more of a reclamation project, but you never will with goalies there. But I mean, if, if you're going the youth route, competitiveness isn't necessarily at the forefront for this upcoming season. So I, I would say the forward core is actually not as bad as I might have anticipated. Uh, but the blue line and goaltending leaves something to be desired, which if you're trading Connor Hallibuck, that's probably fair. Um, so now let's get to the picks. So so what's what's the haul? Like what what is the Winnipeg Jets draft selections look like over the next couple of years? So coming into the 2023 pick, we have the 18th overall, and I'm just gonna put it as the 31st. Just oh right, just yeah, get okay. the highest number from the from the Pierre Luc Dubois trade. And then we have our own second. We have our own third. We picked up another third in the Dylan trade or, or a late second, yeah. like either or there. And then we have our we have two fifths and a seventh. I, I don't care about the fifths. Let's let's do I, I just want I want that good, good right <laughs> that top of the lineup stuff. Heading heading into 2024, we have our own first round pick still. We have the New Jersey Devils set first round pick as well. And at the moment, we wouldn't have a second round pick. But if things go, if the season doesn't go according to plan, we're out of the playoffs. There's Nino Niederreiter. There is still Nate Schmidt that where you can pick up assets at the deadline. Someone will DeMello. pick up. Yeah, exactly. Dylan DeMello. So there's a lot of ways that you can get those those kind of mid-round picks. And even without a second-round pick, we have our own third. We picked up another third from the Logan Stanley trade. And then, <laughs> of course, your fourth five, whatever. Going into 2025, we have... Our, our own first again, the LA Kings first round pick, our own second, our own third, and no fourth for us. So you got two first round picks for the next three years. Correct. So this is very, you are essentially the NHL's Howie Roseman. Exactly. The Eagle <laughs> GM. Yeah, that, I mean, that is very tantalizing. So now that's the interesting part of this. If we're going to compare your roster to my roster, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, I think mine's a lot better than yours. I would agree. But it, it, it should be, <laughs> right? Like, it better be. Uh, there's also a lot more risk involved with mine in terms of guys that might be out the door and things like that. But my roster's a lot better. But is it three first-round picks better is the million-dollar question there. I mean, I, I, I do like having the... Not necessarily the versatility, but the ability to, you know, whether it's package up picks to move up, move back, trade them with an asset, trade them to get an asset. You know what I mean? Like just to have 
have all those bullets at your disposal. That is that's pretty tantalizing, Tyson. I got to be honest. It's a little. I think it's a little closer than I might have imagined. Yeah, I, I even even whipping it up, I kind of felt like you know in the hangover when Alan's at the, the blackjack table, just like that's how I felt at my desk, just writing, like writing everything down, <laughs> looking look up at the computer, writing it down. It was, I it was fun, and I, I I just liked it's I like the the challenge that would come with a rebuild too, or and I don't I don't even like the word rebuild with this necessarily. I think this is a retool towards the future. Which is kind of a weird way of saying rebuild, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, you just define rebuild with with different <laughs> words. But that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, like, like I, who, who are you, Rod Brindamore? <laughs> it's not a rebuild. We're just having a different team with younger players in it, and and many draft picks as well. <laughs> but like like you mentioned, I love I love having that ammunition in in the back pocket, right? Like if let's say things go great, like our first season, Turcotte progresses, Doc progresses. Mercer takes another step like we like everything goes right for our team and our young young guys and we either squeak into the playoffs or just miss with a competitive team like Buffalo all of a sudden we're going into the offseason where there's a lot more talented free agent pool there's always going to be big names on the trade market and you have a bunch of assets at your disposal you have two firsts in the next two years so you can move out two of those firsts, and it's like oh we're back to square we're just back to square one with our picks and we've got legitimate talent now added to our lineup so i that's why i was a big fan of of my rosters the flip side is doc tops out as a second line guy turcott doesn't do a whole lot and the forward group's underwhelming the d group is average at best and goaltending is lead and then you got to figure out right so yeah i mean like there but you could say the same with mine right like oh lindholm leaves after one year and you get nothing for him. And then Schmaltz isn't as good. You know what I mean? Like there's. Sorry. I tried to set up like a backup for each in case of each scenario. Right. In case like doc doesn't progress and hit those, those benchmarks, we're going to be in the lottery. So then he moves down. It's the second line. Turcotte moves down to the third line and you know, you win the lottery or your team's really just that bad. And you get one of those top picks. And now you have a franchise center down the middle. And then those guys are just everyone moves down a peg, and it's like, oh, now we got, now we got some real things cooking here. So I, I, I wanted to have a backup in case of any scenario that happened with our team. Okay, so it's three day three D chess, right? Not checkers that we're we're playing right now. Oh yeah, I can dig it. I gotta say that, and you touch on it there. To me, the most alluring part is three extra first round picks for the next three years. That I mean, that that could that could push me a little bit more towards going the rebuild route because assets are everything. And I mean, at, at that point, if you're the Jets too, I mean, why not take on a couple of guys with big salaries for maybe a first round pick from another team, right? To whether you want to be a little more competitive or you're just trying to stockpile assets at that point, it's a chance the Jets could end up with four, four first round picks, another second rounder on top of all of it. I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what people, though, would be leaning towards in this situation. Let us know at Twitter, on Twitter, at Brandon underscore Rowicki, at Tyson Rowicki, at Skates Plates Pod. Which dream offseason do you prefer? Is it my retool? Let's be competitive, run it back to a degree again next year? Or is it Tyson's, 
let's go youth movement and see what happens right after that. Or if you did want youth movement, but you don't agree with some of Tyson's moves, then let's let's figure it out here and then see what you guys got. We can get to it in our next episode to kick off next week. I mean, the other intriguing thing too, Tyson, is, I mean, I don't expect it to happen, but imagine if Turcotte ends up being Byfield instead. Then things get really interesting really quickly. <laughs> so, so, like, I mean, yeah, I, I like that you went a, a lot more on the realistic route. Um, outside of the Hellebuck trade, that's maybe even worst case scenario for for most of those moves. But if Chevy could pull a fast one on a couple of guys there, get that market rigged up a little bit, things could be pretty, pretty juicy there. But we'll see. We'll see either way, whether it's rebuild, retool, or reload. Well, uh, we'll find out sooner than later because the cup final is officially going to be underway by the time we get to our next episode. Uh, but that's where we'll leave it for today. And uh, yeah, let's head into the weekend in style. Good job, Dice. Appreciate the, I appreciate the hard work. You're, you're starting to turn or you're, you're turning a corner here on the podcast. So <laughs> all I can do. All I can do is put my nose down and grind, baby. That's all we yeah, can just, do. Just 1% better each day. 1% <laughs> better each day, coach. Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, with CJOB's Tyson Rewicki once again. We'll get back at it on Tuesday, breaking down the first bit of action from the Stanley Cup final between Florida and Vegas and what other hockey news, moves, and rumors take place in between now and then. We've already got some shaking and moving gms and coaches all over the place so we'll see if the winnipeg jets find themselves in the news anytime soon until then though hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend stay safe and have a great time everybody we'll talk to you tuesday morning peace